I just have never taken my slow progression for granted and always have tried to be a voice for those people that cannot speak and literally have lost the battle to ALS. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Connecting ALS. I am one of your hosts, Mike Stevenson, and I am joined by my co-host on the East Coast, Mr. Jeremy Holden. Good day to you, sir. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Though I had to be reminded that we're already into mid-July, so I'm trying to make the most of another brief Minnesota summer. Yeah, good luck with that. I think we're dealing with the same thing here where I am, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are going through the same thought process of how do we enjoy our summertime, but remain vigilant against the times that we're living in, staying safe amidst the pandemic, and try to get outside, try to enjoy summer to the best of our abilities. Unprecedented times, and we'll continue to do our best to provide other ways of keeping folks interested and entertained to an extent. We've had a particularly compelling lineup of guests already this month, I think, with Dr. Richard Bedlack, Dr. Alaire Altiero, with whom we spoke about intimacy and ALS last week, and Jeremy. This week, uh, we were fortunate to book some time with one of the busiest ALS advocates and voices in the community in Lori Carey from Ohio. Yeah, I was really excited to have this conversation and it really did not disappoint. Lori is such an important member of the ALS community, such a powerful fighter. Her podcast is a must listen to and I was really just interested to get into the conversation with her and get her perspective on the fight where we are and how she finds time to do all the things that she does. Yeah, she's so great. And so is her podcast. And we will link to that in the show notes. We'll talk about it a little bit during our conversation. We did spend a bunch of our time, though, talking about her experience as a research ambassador and her perspective on clinical trials as someone who has lived with ALS for 16 years. It was a good conversation. So let's listen back now to our chat with Lori Carey. We are on the phone today with well-known ALS advocate, fundraiser, author, research ambassador, and a fellow podcaster, Lori Carey. Good afternoon, Lori. Thanks for being with us on Connecting ALS. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We really appreciate you coming out of the show. And we're, of course, fans of your podcast, which we will definitely get into more in a little bit. There's actually a bunch we want to discuss with you because you are one of the busiest people we know in the ALS community. But before we do all that, can you just start by telling us how you're doing and how you and your family are managing these days during the pandemic? Have you had to make many lifestyle changes to what's happening for you there in Ohio? Uh, yes, because I am usually running around and I have been here since March 13th. Mm. You know, I've left to go walk in the neighborhood or visit my mom on her front porch. But I'm being super careful because my diaphragm is probably my weakest muscle right now. So just being super cautious and it's been quite the adjustment. But Mm -hmm. all in all, you know, it's just what you have to what you have to do right now. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're staying safe and, and, and your friends and family, I hope, are helping with that effort as well and, and making sure that you're taken care of. Oh, my gosh, they are. They're, they've been great. And my husband has been awesome. He's he doesn't let anyone in the house. He has Lysol right by the front door. He sprays every package, every piece of mail. I mean, it's really, yeah. <laughs> it's really quite something over here. That's great. That's great. Lori, Mike mentioned the all that you do and how, how busy you stay. One of your many contributions to the fight, frankly, is uh, your experience as a Niels Research Ambassador. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how you got involved with the program and, and why you stay engaged? Sure. I was recommended to be an ambassador two years ago. And then, so in 2018, I went through their training initiation kind of program and have just been involved. And I was already, you know, with having ALS for 16 years and 14 at that time, I had already been, you know, advocating and fundraising and doing whatever I could (laughs) along the way. So, but it was really good to get connected with them and the community there as well. And for others, because we get a lot of questions about how to explore and navigate the clinical trial space, and and so many folks are often overwhelmed or uncertain about where to begin. And because you have some experience there and all of these connections, what would you say to folks in terms of how they should get started or or what they should do if they're feeling overwhelmed about uh, clinical trials and ALS research? Well, that's a great question. I was in a drug trial when I was first diagnosed, which was that trial was in 2005. And it's hard because there is a short window of time that you are eligible for clinical trials. So unfortunately, I have not qualified, you know, to participate recently And it's very frustrating. (laughs) And it's one of the things that people are working really hard to change. And I would also recommend that people uh, work quickly to see what they are eligible for Mm -hmm. and ask questions and just really do their homework on what is best for them. I think some people feel like obligated to get in as much as they can. And sometimes it's, you know, a huge sacrifice to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not knowing if you're getting the drug or not, there's a lot of things to consider. Lori, you know, you mentioned the 16 years you've been living with ALS. What areas of progress in research and in the delivery of care have you seen over that time period that gives you a sense of hope that we are moving forward in this fight? What I've seen over the last 16 years has been patients and families being empowered and feeling empowered and becoming more vocal and more present in the fight. 
I think maybe the turning point was the ice bucket challenge, you know, for everyone to become sure. aware. I mean, I can remember that August, I I couldn't sleep for an entire month. I was so excited, like, yeah, you know, maybe once or twice I had heard ALS on media, and then all of a sudden it was everywhere. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that time frame was a real turning point to get closer to what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel a sense of urgency in the community that maybe is accelerating or that it's more pronounced maybe than it was previously? Yes. And I, I feel that because I think that people are more knowledgeable and less tolerant <laughs> of watching mm-hmm. the clock tick, watching time go by, watching more people die, watching young people, you know, in their 20s get this fatal disease. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the community has had enough. And now with seeing everything going on, you know, with the COVID, it's even putting more fuel to the fire. Like, we're seeing things being done in a very swift manner. And we need that on ALS as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Watching the scientific community, the medical community move as quickly as possible as towards finding a vaccine for the coronavirus. The ALS community is asking that that same sort of urgency be applied to finding meaningful treatments for this disease. Totally understand that sentiment. And it's true. Lori, you're involved with a lot, and we've mentioned many of them across the course of this conversation. You've been on the chapter board with the ALS Association. You've raised more than a million dollars by the Walk to Feed ALS, and of course, uh, your involvement with the Northeast ALS Consortium. One of the last things we want to talk to you about is how you find the time to put on a terrific podcast. And for those who are unaware, it is the I'm Dying to Tell You podcast hosted by Lori Carey. You can find it at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast.com. Tell us what got you started and what was the inspiration for that venture? Well, when last year, when I celebrated 15 years living with ALS, I just really started to pray about what am I supposed to be doing with this extra time? I just have never taken my slow progression for granted and always have tried to be a voice for those people, you know, that cannot speak and literally have lost the battle to ALS. And this podcast came on my heart and, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting because my diaphragm is pretty weak and, you know, I like many, I sleep with a ventilator at night, and I use a amplifier when I have to, when I'm tired or if I'm in a loud space. And so I found it really interesting that <laughs> I was going to do a podcast using my <laughs> voice. I'm like, maybe I could have thought of something else. But <laughs> so anyway, I have been so encouraged by other people living with ALS 
and other people that are just finding ways to, you know, live with a struggle and overcome. And I found myself telling people, I want you to meet so-and-so, or I want to tell you about what I heard. And so I created the podcast to find and share stories of inspiration. It's it's a really, really wonderful podcast. And I've been listening back to each of the episodes. The website is really well done, too, by the way. They're beautifully put together. And I'll say that URL one more time. I'm dying to tell you podcast.com. And it's it's so well produced. It sounds great. You and I have talked about your sons help you out with that, that front a little bit with some of their technical expertise. Uh, yeah. And I do have some help. My, I mean, my sons help me. You know, they obviously have done the intro and the outro. And my one, my youngest son, Christian, is more technical. So he helps me with any issues that I have and put a final spin on it. And my other son is great on content. And so I'll ask him, does this make sense? Or, you know, and then I have a couple of people that help me that have been a part of our ALS community from day one. And one of them does the website. And that was a huge undertaking that I didn't want to learn. (laughs) Sure. So I'm really thankful for that. And then, you know, video promos and all that. Everyone has really stepped up to help on those other pieces that I don't know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's truly a wonderful gift to the community. We'll absolutely share links in the in the show notes. Can you give us any type of a sneak preview of what you have coming up or uh, just, we you know, we have to tune in to find out? <laughs> well, half of the episodes have been people living with ALS. And I wanted to make sure it wasn't solely an ALS podcast, but mm-hmm. yet inspiration. And when I make a list of people that are inspiring a lot of them are fighting ALS, so it fits perfectly that yeah. way. And they have messages that are universal to everyone. You know, you talk about like Shelley Hoover, who wrote a book with her eyes, you know, and she's just really mm. encouraging on her outlook in life. And, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. What's stopping me? And so there's that. And then the other half is general inspirational stories. Tomorrow I am releasing an episode. A guy I stumbled across, his name is Rob Kenny, and he started a YouTube channel called Dad, How Do I? You heard oh, of him? Yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Uh, he has two and a half million followers in less wow. than two months. <laughs> incredible. And he has an wow. incredible story and the way he has touched people has been really incredible. So it started as a DIY channel. Mm -hmm. and turned into so much more. (laughs) So 
That's a really cool story. And, and it's one of many that you are able to tell through your podcast. Thank you again for, for doing that and for sharing that with the ALS community. We are fans and, and felt lucky to, to bring you on to our own podcast. So, Lori, one of the last things we wanted to ask you about, there are so many Walk to Defeat ALS events with the ALS Association that are typically happening over the summer and into the fall in many parts of the country. And of course, with the pandemic this year, those physical events and gatherings are greatly impacted. We're not going to be able to get together in large groups to hold those walk events. So chapters and community leaders are finding other ways to conduct those events virtually. And we're seeing a lot of creativity in different communities for folks to still support the Walk to Feed ALS. What's happening there in Cincinnati, I'm guessing that you and your crew have something up your sleeve. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely working on it. And it is going to be different not being together, you know, since we, this will be our 17th Walk to Defeat ALS in a row. And so we have wow. quite a following and a large number of people that come every year. So right. it's definitely going to be different. So yeah, so the kids and I, and I say kids and they're almost let's say, 27 and 29. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they are. They're still your babies. And our That's walk okay. team is called Kids for Cure because they were 12 and 13 when they started that. So and mm-hmm. we are not allowing them to change that name. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so what we are doing is a chalk and walk event. So we are having a pickup day and people are coming by and picking up chalk and donation envelopes. And then they are going to chalk a ALS message in their neighborhood wherever they want mm. and we are encouraging them to use a hashtag so that we can find all the images and at the end we're yep. going to build a collage out of all of the different ones and then we are going to get together virtually on September 20th and walk Sure. And we're encouraging people to walk where they chalked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's just be a fun family way to spread awareness and feel like we're together, <laughs> even though we're not. No. Yeah. That's a really lovely idea and a creative idea. Uh, we're seeing some like that pop up all over the country. And yeah. Laura, you'll have to share with us some of yeah. those images because we'd love to see them kind of come to yeah. life. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, uh, Lori, for joining us on Connecting ALS. It was so great to hear from you and hear what you're up to and get some of your perspective on how folks can explore the research space and get further involved in the fight against ALS. We appreciate you coming on today. Mm, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again to Lori Carey, host of I'm Dying to Tell You and Neil's research ambassador. And really just we could spend another 10 minutes just going through the list of all the things that she does. But really appreciate her setting aside a little bit of time to talk to us about what she's been up to and giving her perspective of where we are in the fight against ALS. She is a remarkable individual and it's especially meaningful to receive that kind of uh, input and perspective from someone with Lori's experience and expertise. And we should plan on bringing her back at some point to catch up and and hear how the Chalk to Defeat ALS events went. I love that idea. Uh, So we'll check back on that as well. 
We'll also look forward to catching up with all of you next week on another installment of Connecting ALS. Be sure to subscribe to the show via all the usual podcast channels or directly at connectingals.org. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter to make sure that you're not missing out on any future content. This episode was produced by Garrett Tiedemann of the ALS Association's Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We will connect with you again soon. Thank you.